I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, and new intern for this year, still in training, Jack McCauley. We're live at Husky Stadium where Washington steamrolled Eastern Washington 47 to 14 in front of an announced attendance of 65,709. Temperature listed at kickoff at 74 degrees. Nice, calm day down on the field, and we're up in the press box still overlooking Lake Washington. It's kind of always cool to see when there's that number of boats post game with a 12 o'clock start. Uh, lots of people out there still sailgating, but uh, Washington started off real quick, but uh, I thought Jacob Eason showed what everybody was looking for. He showed the long ball. He showed the fastball. He showed that he could game manage as well. Well, you, you took the stats, so what are the stats? Uh, uh, you know, I know that he had, I think, you had, I don't know, do you have 300 yards? Jacob Eason was 27 of 36 for 349 yards, 44 touchdowns with a long of 50 to Andre Pacellia. Yeah. But the, the good thing is there was no interceptions. He had no interceptions. There was one fumble on, uh, on a snap, but other than that, Washington had no turnovers. Well, and if I remember right, that was a snap between Mateo Mele and Jacob Sermon. Not Jacob Eason. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. So that, and no sacks for right. Eason either. So pretty clean day all in all. I think that's about as good as anybody could have hoped for. What I thought was interesting, and I I was going to ask Chris Peterson about it. I don't think they can hear that on the sidelines because they're they're pretty involved in obviously what they're doing. But every time he threw a ball more than twenty yards, there was just an audible gasp in Husky Stadium. You could hear it. Like when the huge long ball to Aaron Fuller that was incomplete, it was just a rainbow that went like 60-some yards. I mean, people – I mean, it was almost as if he had completed it because they were so in awe of just the the throw and just how easy it was for him. You talk about the collective gasp. There's also just the buzz afterwards. Even, like you said, incomplete pass. The people are just like, oh, man, did you see that? Yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. I think one of the more interesting parts was to um, – Jacob Eason making all the right reads, I felt like. Um, going into it, you know, in practice, he wasn't – I mean, I wasn't sure uh, how great he was going to make decisions, whether he was going to try to just cannon more often, uh, fire it too quickly, but he was really patient back in the pocket, um, scrambled real nicely, and found a lot of good receivers. I asked Jacob at the end of the game, I said, you know, I know the pass to Bocelli was really, really nice, but is there one play that stood out that was just perfect, that was your best play of the game? And he said it was the one to Aaron Fuller in the corner of the end zone. He said it was something they'd been working on for a long time with the hard count with the offsides. And he says that's exactly how you drew it up. So that was his favorite play. Mine was the fastball to Chico for the touchdown. Well, obviously, there you know Fuller had a couple great catches. I mean, the the first one he had in kind of the northeast corner, to me, was very reminiscent of the one that Quentin Pounds had at the Auburn game in Atlanta. Just kind of the one hand tight rope, one foot in, uh, really remarkable catch. But he had a bunch of them. I thought, but I thought what was interesting too about Eason was that the first pass that he had was a fairly easy completion. He had the tunnel screen to Chico. He varied his fastball a little bit. I mean, they they you know he threw the ball in there nice and tight when he had to, but for the most part, the ease in which he threw the ball, whether it was deep, short, intermediate, um, people just I think they got a great idea of his arm talent, which is really rare. The long balls that he threw just looked effortless. It's just I haven't seen a strong arm quarterback like that in a long, long time. But it was exciting to see him out there, and and the the thing that I just keep him marveling, and I don't think people are paying enough. Attention attention to how relaxed he seems out there. He doesn't seem like he's all wound up. He seems like he's processing everything at a pretty good pace, and he doesn't – I mean, he just seems calm, cool, and collected uh, in the pocket. Well, 
I'm, I wanted to get back and, and mention the first throw that he had in the second half, that one down the seam to, was it to Bocelli? I think it was to Bocelli. Um, that's a pass that Jacob uh, or Jake Browning wouldn't have attempted. Oh, you're talking about the layered one yeah. where he bootlegged, where it was a mm-hmm. where it was a yeah, it was a bootleg around, and then they had a couple guys dragging around, mm-hmm. dragging across. Yeah, that and second guy trailing. Yeah, that second guy trailing. Browning would have had to throw that with a lot of anticipation, mm-hmm. whereas yeah. whereas Easton just darted it and right this in the isn't seam. Meant to be a put down to Jacob Jake Browning. It's more of just uh, in amazement at what. Jacob Eason can do with the ball in his hands. So um, as far as him being calm, I agree, Kim, completely. Uh, he just seems like he's taking it in. He seems to understand where things are coming from, where the blitzes are coming from, who his open guy is going to be, and I don't think he looked flustered at all. And he took a big hit, too, took today. Yeah, Took a couple big hits. Yeah, somebody asked him post-game about taking a big hit, and he said, you know, sometimes you get knocked on your ass, you just got to brush it off and get back up. So it was pretty funny, and then he apologized for swearing. Well, but, but Peter, you know, Chris Peterson and said that was good for him to experience. He needed to get kind of hit on his can a couple times and knocked down so that he could kind of get back into the, like, okay, this is college football. This is what I remember. You know, it's interesting how calm, cool, and collected he was after that as well. Um, like Scott was saying, Jake Browning would have to wind up more where Eason, he gets the ball and just flicks it out of his wrist. It looks like an effortless pitch. Um, it, there's no, I mean, it's just pure talent. Not, you know, not a knock on Jake Browning. It's just, you just don't find that kind of talent where you can just grab the ball, flick it 20 yards at, at a dart. We've seen the Wildcat. We've seen the Miles Cat. Is it the new cat now with Richard Newton? Because I'll tell you what, that's a first run of his career. What was it, 28-yard touchdown? 23. And it was impressive. Yeah, I, we all kind of was like, was that Savon? Because it's 28 and 26, so we couldn't see it very well. And uh, But, yeah, you see him, and the way he runs, he's got that forward lean, always seems to be falling forward, getting positive yards, doesn't go down with the first hit. Very impressed with Richard Newton in his first taste of college football. And, and Chris, we've been talking about this since, you know, the beginning of uh, camp last um, uh, spring and fall camp, how impressive Richard Newton has looked. And he sure showed up today. He had, uh, where's the numbers here? 12 for 91. Yeah, 12 for 91 with a long of 23. No yards lost. Well, yeah, and, and I think one of the things that both Bush Hamden and Chris Peterson talked about in relation to why Richard Newton, of all the running backs that they have, is because of his ability as a quarterback in high school, which I think a lot of people forget. I, I forgot that he was a quarterback in high school or played some quarterback. Um, but apparently after that first touchdown, he told Chris Peterson he was ready to start throwing the ball if he needed to. So yeah. Well, what, was, what impressed me the most about Richard Newton, because he's going to be a power back, but he does have some speed. But typically you don't see guys that big with the feet he has. I was really impressed with how quick his footwork was. Yeah, great footwork. Um, and I think that really helps in the red zone where the dog struggled last year, you know, not going down easy, um, having a bigger back like him, you know, being able to take a hit and continue to move forward. Uh, and gain par- positive yards and uh, not having to settle for field goals or uh, loss of possession. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. 
Lots of young guys played today, Chris. Uh, Puka Nakua got in for a little bit. Was he the only pure freshman on the um, on the offensive side of the ball? And then you had Tim Horn as the. Actually, it's ironic that the guy who some of us were kind of like, I don't even think he's going to play this year. He's actually the technically the first freshman on the field because he did the opening kickoff. So, well, what was funny is freshman. You talk about freshman jitters. The first kick, he booms out of the end zone, and then the second one, he misses shanked. and shanked it. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, they finally have a kicker that can get it in deep into the end zone. It's yeah. been a while. Yeah, yeah. How many touchbacks did, did does it say on the on the list? Mm. How many touchbacks he had? Five. I, yeah, I was gonna say four or five. So, um, thought he kicked the ball pretty well. Um, there are a couple that he drove really well, and then you saw. The, you, you're okay now. Once again, it's Eastern Washington, so I want to see what this looks like against Cal, against USC, things like that. But Washington's coverage units looked much better, much improved compared to what it, they were last year. Well, I don't know if you noticed this, but on the kickoff coverage, Savan Ahmed and Chico McClatcher were out there on the kickoff return on the kickoff coverage team. Yeah, and then also Trent McDuffie was out there. True freshman was out there, and a lot of the cover teams and what have you. And you know, and then they had Kyler Gordon, and they had you know guys MJ like Tafisi. MJ Tafisi, who I thought really showed up on special teams. Uh, Olafoscio really showed up on special teams. So they have a unit there that they really like. But we know Chris Peterson will play his best athletes on the special teams. I mean, they play. They put that much emphasis on it. MJ Tafisi with a bone crusher tackle today. Uh, yes, yeah, Washington's last linebacker to make hit like that was probably Azim Victor. MJ Tafisi uh, had a bone crusher today, and if that's anything to come, boy, he's an intimidating force out there. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't say I would say it's probably uh, accurate. The the hardest hit that I can remember since I've been covering covering the University of Washington, which is 15 years now was Nate Fellner on that guy in the Apple Cup when he comes down and the guy basically was done for the rest of his career. He never played again. And then there's that that one that, and if you go to it on YouTube, Azeem Victor on kickoff at Notre Dame, and he just decletes the guy. I think it was... It was a guy from Notre Dame High School down there in Southern California that he did. And the guy turns around and runs the opposite way from where everything is. He's so lost. (laughs) So he he was literally out on his feet. Yeah. He he got hit and he turned around and went literally went running the other way. (laughs) Lots of new faces on defense. Lots of new faces. Not only MJ Tafisi, but uh, Jackson Sermon wearing the. Brian Bosworth type neck roll yeah. on on the back. We haven't seen one of those in a long time. Jackson Sermon not only playing a lot of linebacker, but also lined up in the backfield as a fullback. Oh, as and um, Corey Luciano also lined up back there at fullback. But uh, Trent McDuffie played quite a bit, and then your tag team of Tuli Latula Gasanoa and Sam Taimani played a lot on the defensive line. Jacob Bandis got in, and um, oh, yeah, no, he didn't. Uh-huh. You sure no. he didn't? No, he yeah. did not get. In, okay. No, he did okay. not get in. Okay, Tuatele? No, did L- not get in. Latu, though. Latu in. had a safety. So Latu. Latu, Cam Williams, Asa Turner, Trent McDuffie. Those are the four. Those are the four on defense. Well, it, if that's true, that the Bandis and uh, um, Tuatele, if they didn't play, well, then I'm blaming Luke Munger because I hear it. In, <laughs> I heard it on the radio that those two were in. <laughs> so we're blaming Luke if that's not true because I heard it on the radio broadcast. No. I, I, I didn't no. See him in. No. 
We were we were looking every. I mean, we can certainly go back and look at the participation chart down the road. But if he did, if they did come in, he came in on the very last series. Yeah. If it's possible, I mean, it's possible. But f- to be honest with you, that's when I asked Peterson about the four true freshmen that played, and it was the three defensive backs and Latu were the ones that played. We will have to go to the tape, but also we got a chance to see Jacob Sermon, who got his first pass completion today, which was good to see. Absolutely. No, it was a great pass to Terrell Bynum, a uh, little crossing route, and uh, it was good to just see him get down there. I thought it was great to see Malik Braxton get some get some run and get some good carries all the way down. You know, I think I think everyone that still stayed at Husky Stadium wanted him to score, and then they set up for the victory formation. I think there was a little disappointment there, but you know that's Chris Peterson. He's not gonna. There's no reason to rub it in when you just take a knee and the game's over. The ties that that the Husky coaching staff has to the Eastern Washington program. There's a lot of respect between those two. They're not going to run up a score. How impressive was Leatu Latu? You know, I was talking to somebody, and I guess when they first offered him, he was like maybe 6'2", 6'3", 220, and he shows up here. What is he, 6'4", 6'5", 270? 6'4", 275. Boy, he's a good-looking athlete out there. Yeah, no, I mean, you you see him as soon as he committed to Washington. Everyone wanted to watch the huddle tape and all that and his rugby stuff. And, you know, I got to see him up close and personal at the the, – Polynesian Bowl in Honolulu, and he's every bit the athlete you'd expect, especially with the rugby background. He's just tough as nails. And for him to go in there and get the safety, and I can't remember who was. Was it, was it McDuffie? McDuffie? I think that got in there first, yeah. and then Liatu kind of got by his guy uh, and then pinned him mm-hmm. down. Yeah, so, I mean, when you, you're talking about two true freshmen that are getting in there and causing havoc. Um, now, granted, you know, we've we got to keep it in perspective. It's, it is Eastern. It's – they're a really good team, but still at that point, I don't know if they're even playing their number ones. I kind of assume they are, but you never know. Uh, but still, to pin them in, it was, first of all, it was a great punt to get them down right on their own goal line and then to bury them like that. Um, great way to finish the game for the defense. Because overall, you know, I think a lot of people expected maybe Eastern to have a little bit more joy because Jimmy Lake and Pete Kwiatkowski were trying to bring in so many new bodies. I remember, Kim, you were talking about the defensive linemen, for instance. I saw full hockey shifts sometimes where that front four, where you had the two defensive linemen and two, 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 the two outside linebackers, were getting shifted in, in mass. In fact, you had one group where it was Joe Tryon and, um, and Leatu Latu, and then you had uh, Latui Gasanoa and Taki Taimani inside, and we were we were all kind of remarking in the press box, like, "Well, there's your there's your kind of your front line of the future there." And so I, I kind of saw a couple times when they did full hockey shifts with those guys with uh, with the Kaiko Malloy, and so to get that many guys into there and still hold them to 14 points, that's a, still a pretty good offense. And, and Chris Peterson talked about Barrier and just how you know, how much of a weapon he can be offensively. And they did a pretty good job shutting him down. Looking at the stat sheet, some numbers that jump out at you. Uh, Eastern Washington, 63 net yards uh, on the ground. Washington with 200 net yards passing. Eastern with 211. Uh, Washington with 370 total yards. Eastern Washington with 274. Washington with 570. Five penalties for 38 yards. Not bad. Not bad. Um, the number that kind of jumps out at me the most was Washington did not create a turnover, and I'm sure that's going to be a point of emphasis this week in practice is creating those turnovers. Time of possession, Washington with 34-17. Uh, time of possession with Eastern with 25-43. Uh, one more thing that really jumps out at you, Washington very successful on third downs, 8 of 15, but they gave up 8 of 17 to Eastern Washington. So third down, uh, 
getting off the field is going to also be important. Washington gave up no sacks. Big kudos to the offensive line, especially losing Nick Harris. And then uh, sacks, uh, Washington was four sacks with a minus 32 yards. The individual statistics, Richard Newton led the way on the ground with 12 carries for 91 yards. Savon Ahmed did a lot of work between the tackles, which was uh, kind of surprising to me. A lot of work uh, right there with 15 carries for a net 44. Jacob Eason, of course, was 27 for 36, 349 yards with four touchdowns. Uh, wide receivers had a nice day. Hunter Bryant, five receptions for 80, excuse me, six receptions for 81 yards. Andre Pacellia had uh, five for 84, one touchdown. Aaron Fuller, a couple circle ca- circus catches for touchdown, wound up with five uh, receptions for 73 yards. And Chico McClatcher, a really nice game. It's always good to see Chico back there. Uh, five receptions for 57 yards and a fastball that he he caught for a touchdown as well. And just one more note before I forget, Nick Harris went down early in the first quarter holding his knee. From everything I was hearing down on the sidelines, they held him out because they didn't need him. If it was really an important game, we probably would have seen Nick Harris back in the game. So everything looks like it's going to be okay. So we'll see what happens once he gets some ice on there and how he feels when he wakes up in the morning. But as Nick Harris told me, I've been hurt since the eighth grade, so I'm sure this is no big deal. <laughs> well, he's got one more year, so can he can he gut it out? I mean, that's the guy's been a warrior since he came to Washington, so I'm sure he probably thinks it's no big deal. Yeah. Also, um, you know, I get re- kind of random, but uh, I'll picture up in the stands, Sam Heward with Savelle Smalls the entire game. So Savelle Small was was here and hanging out with Sam Heward. So. And had a red hat on. <laughs> but, what does that mean? Yeah, nothing. He's going to Alabama. Yeah. Um, no. Um, one thing I want to do uh, is just make a little bit of a clarification. We said it was Azim Victor that made that hit on the Notre Dame guy. It was he actually it was. it was actually Victor Aiwa. Okay. I I was like it's I wrong don't Victor. Think, yeah wrong Victor so my bad. Would you remember? I just want to he wasn't even here by then was he? Yeah. Who was the one who crunched the Washington State wide receiver and bent him in half like a wishbone and I think that it's was Azim. That was Azim and I think it was some Beria maybe. Yeah, yeah it might have been. been. Somebody picked up the ball and ran it in for a touchdown. I that thought, was that was they broke him in half. That was Gabe Marks I think was the yeah, receiver Gabe if Marks, I remember right. Yep. I still to this day don't know how he got up. That looked bad. Yeah, that, that looked really bad. Um, I also, I don't know if we're giving out gold stars, but I think one guy who had a, a really underrated performance that showed up, and did, I'm not sure if anybody expected anything from him today, but I thought Miles Rice had a great game today. Yes, I thought did. Miles Rice showed up and played like you would expect an upperclassman to start playing, you know, a guy that can be Play counted on. He played a lot, but just real quick, defensive stats I forgot. A leading tackler. Miles Bryant with eight tackles, Kyler Manu with seven tackles, MJ Tafisi with five tackles. But the guy that really kind of jumped out, he had a couple of penalties. Kyler Gordon had, you think what a great athlete he is, and he's going to maybe be like a Deion Sanders and just play pass coverage and not come up and hit anybody. Kyler Gordon was laying woods on special teams and at defensive back, and he had a really nice day too. Well, he, he's really good in terms of coming up and, and when run support. So he kind of reminds me a little bit of Sidney Jones that way. He'll set the edge. He'll do a nice job that way. I thought Dominique Hampton actually did that a couple times really nicely. So I thought that was a – those guys were – they did a nice job as well. Benning Patoy with two sacks as well. Yeah. yeah. Moving outside to inside, you know, we were a little unsure how Benning would, you know, play first game because he is that big, you know, really big. But he was in the backfield a lot. And uh, he was tough. You know, the Eastern quarterback, tough to wrap up, but he, he managed to get him. Yeah, that quarterback um, – 
he was kind of elusive, and it just makes me think we've you know we've got a road trip going down to Arizona and Khalil Tate. Well, they got a glimpse of what they're going to see down in Arizona with Khalil Tate with the guy that they saw today. Yeah, I think so. But, you know, the other thing, too, is that those, those sacks and those tackles for loss came at really key moments. I mean, moments where they took, it took Eastern out of field goal position, for instance, or a scoring position. So not only was it important that they obviously get in the backfield and have some success, but they did it in key moments, which really affected how things looked on the scoreboard. Josiah Bronson out there on the defensive line. Tell me a little bit. It's kind of tough for me to see my angle. What did you see from the defensive line today, Scott? It looks like they rotated a lot of guys in. They absolutely did rotate a lot of guys in. Um, but, I mean, honestly, and I don't have the sheet in front of me. Did, uh, did Levi Anzarike have any? He didn't have anything. So people were asking on our board because they haven't been able to see the game yet. They wanted to know if he even played. And... I'll tell you this, he was one of the biggest factors up front, just very disruptive. Well, I was going to say, one, one, of the, one of the plays that, yeah, I was going to say, one of the Stumper plays that no one's going to talk about was the one where he basically annihilated three guys yeah. in front of him to try to get to Berrier, which you can't do anyways, and he still ran through all three of them and just barely missed a, a, a major sack. Um, he and, and then the one when he got pushed the, the went pushed the center back like five yards into the backfield. Yeah, and then who who cleaned up on that? Uh, it was a linebacker. I think it was Manu or or uh, Wellington. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> Levi I thought had the best day of the interior guys. Yeah. Myself, I thought he was the most consistent guy. You mentioned Bronson though. I thought he had a solid day. Um, I thought Thule looked pretty good. Taimani actually looked pretty good. Um, Washington's got a nice little rotation in there. I'll be one. I still think Fatui Tuatelli at the very least is going to find a way to get in there. And then you've got Benning Potoai also as an interior guy. Cam Williams starting at safety. He ran into a cornerback, which allowed a long pass for a he touchdown. Was, he was late to the bad angle. Yeah, was that Keith Taylor that he yeah. ran into? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'm I'm down low. You guys are up high. Tell us a little bit about Cam Williams and what you saw with the freshman starting his first game. Oh, I, I just, you know, like we've said about him a few times, the, t- the moment just doesn't seem too big for him, but he's going to make mistakes. I mean, and he just, he took a bad angle and he also uh, was late getting over. If he had been on time, read it correctly, he would have been over, might have even been able to either intercept it or make a play on the ball. But as it was, he was late even getting over. The guy caught the pass. He runs into Keith Taylor and the guy scampers for a... Uh, what was it, about a 60-yard touchdown, whatever it was? Yeah. So, um, But, I mean, honestly, that was the biggest, most glaring mistake. But he's going to just make a bunch of mistakes right now because that's what freshmen do. And you're just going to have to live with it. But, man, he's going to be a good player. I, I just I love that kid. I was going to say, outside of a couple glaring, you know, ones that are actually going to maybe stick out like a sore thumb from time to time, like that long run for a touchdown. Other than that, did we really see – Cameron Williams making big mistakes and 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 you know leaving open big gaps and things like I thought I thought he looked rock solid. He certainly did not act like a like a red like a true freshman out there. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, uh, post-game, Coach Pete made a couple of announcements. Henry Bainavalu, Devin Culp, and Trey Lowe. Uh, Tell us uh, what Coach Pete had to say after the game. 
well, he said that basically Trey Lowe had some sort of infection, didn't really elaborate. So like that's a, that's actually way more than Pete will normally give us. Like a turf, so, in, like a turf infection I, I is have, what I, I have I no know. idea. All I know is that it, it kept him away from Raise the Wolf, apparently. I, people were saying he they didn't see him. He was also on crutches today, apparently, according to people who saw him in the... Yeah, we didn't see him, but either way, it sounds like it's a week-to-week deal. Um, as far as Henry Benavalu and Devin Culp, they were suspended today for... I'm assuming violation of team rules, which is kind of the classic. It's like spinal tap, right? It's like uh, musical differences, you know, that kind of thing. It's So who knows what it means? But uh, Culp's was suspended today. He'll be back next week. And then Benavali was suspended three games. So today was the first game. So he'll be out two more games. Also uh, on sidelines today, Will Disley and Ben Burke-Irvin. And Ben seemed to be checking his phone every Thirty seconds, so it sure appears like he made the roster with the Seahawks. Will, of course, made it, and uh, looks like Miles Gaskin also made the roster at Miami. Yeah, no, I mean that's fantastic news. I mean, yeah. Re- remember, there's still going to be yeah. things that happen. So hopefully, all the guys who made it and are still on a team today remain on the team moving forward. But I mean, like the C- I mean, the Seahawks have been wheeling and dealing all day. Several other teams have been doing that too. The Texans and the Dolphins. So there's a lot of changes that are still going to happen. Imagine being Ben. He's down on the sidelines, and they haven't announced all the cuts yet. And everybody's walking up. Did you make the team? Did you make the team? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> he keeps And he's keeping on checking his phone. And I'm sure every time his phone goes off, he's I hope it's not John Schneider. I hope it's not John Schneider. I was going to show sure his agent would probably be more than happy to tell him at some point whether – you know, I, I would think that those guys probably are aware. Yeah. Well, considering they traded away a guy who was vying for the same position, and then the other guy uh, that he was vying for a spot with hurt himself um, and could be out for a little while. I think Ben. It was pretty. It it just looked very good for Ben Kervin, Ben Burkirvan to at least make this first cut. You know how he lasts through the season. I guess we'll wait and it see. It certainly looks like the last game that he played was the was kind of the cherry on top. Yeah. I mean that but he was had twelve tackles and a sack or something like, like that? eleven or twelve. But he was all over the place. Yeah. Lots of work yet to do. Chris Fetter's final thoughts. Just uh, I think again, so many moving pieces, so many new parts to the puzzle right now for Washington. Obviously, the biggest one was Jacob Eason. He passed his test with flying colors, 350 yards, four touchdowns. I don't know if any Washington fan could have expected any more from that. And, again, the, the audible gasps every time he threw the ball down the field was, was not humorous to me, but it certainly was interesting given you know what Washington fans have uh, watched the last four years. So I think that will hopefully bring some more butts into the seats because I was a little disappointed that there weren't more Washington fans here. I know it's Labor Day, but um, – it would have been nice to see more people here. I know that 65,000, there weren't 65,000 people here. And I know the student section, you know, school's not in session, but student section wasn't even half full. I mean, it wasn't even, well, we it was had, maybe a, We had one of them up here. Yeah. Maybe a quarter, maybe it was a quarter full. A quarter full, maybe. I don't know. But it was just, you know, it was tough. I mean, it, overall, a great run out for them. I mean, to get the reps for those young guys the way they needed to get them. And to have the next guy up, like a Mateo Mele, show up and play the way he played, to have a Miles Rice come in on defense and do what he did, helping things out, I thought overall it was a really good run, and and, um, I think they got a lot accomplished, and I think they're going to have a lot of great film for next week. Scott Eklund, final thoughts? Um, Well, I said it in my game analysis. Great way to start the season. Things only get tougher from here. Um, They play Cal next week. That is going to be a tough, tough first game. 
of, uh, you know, it's only the second game of the season and first game of the Pac-12 slate. So uh, tough, tough first game. Um, you know, but great to see Jacob Eason get out to a good start. Great to see the running backs, you know, especially Richard Newton. That was great to see him get out like he did. And uh, like Chris said, you know, having all those young guys playing, it, it's only going to benefit this team going forward. Jack McCauley, the intern, first of all, tell people how it's been so far and then give us your final thoughts to the game because we still got some messing with the intern to do yet today. But go ahead. So far, it's been, eh, no, no, it's been a lot of fun. But um, you oh, fa- we, we did have a intern moment a new intern moment <laughs> after the touchdown to uh oh. <laughs> wow, <man. laughs> oh come on man we all did it we've all done it we and we've not made me. fun of luke yeah well it's because you're not up here so <laughs> you're also uh, not an intern yeah but, but anyways you know after two years of jacob eason not playing in an actual game i expected a little bit of rust and i didn't see any rust at all um like chris said pass with flying colors and it's going to be really interesting to see next week because cal they got a loaded secondary back there um so it's gonna be a tough test for him but if you can excel there i don't see why not he can you know lead this team on to a big time bowl game college football playoff but um a lot of talent on this team um let's see how it progresses throughout the the season but today great great start uh great start from this team Decent crowd. I mean, it's a Eastern game. I'm sure next year's opening game will be a little bit more. The place will be a little more full and a little more electric with Michigan coming in. With Cal next week, uh, it looks like we're going to expect a bigger crowd. I'd expect more electricity in the stadium next week for Cal. That's going to be a revenge game. It it's Seattle Musical Heritage Night. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and uh, there will be more. It's band day. Uh, there will be more unofficial visitors in uh, in the stands as well. Uh, impressions. I was impressed with uh, Jacob Eason. I was impressed with Mateo Mele. I was impressed with Kyler Gordon, MJ Tafisi. I was impressed with. I was impressed that uh, Jen Cohen and Chip Lightham were wearing their Adidas Boosts which uh, sold out early this morning. I guess not too many people got them. Uh, There's a lot of good things happening today. I'm sure they'll be looking at third down conversions, and that's something they need to tighten up. I think that they will try to find um, a way to um, force more turnovers, but they didn't have to open up a lot of the um, uh, playbook. Really impressed with Richard Newton as well. So overall, good day. We've got a little bit of rust because it's the first game, so we're shaking it off. So, But uh, we'll get it all done. We'll get it all done tonight. So anyways, uh, for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Joe. No, I forgot the reminder. If you're looking for those. If you want to. If you're looking for those daily updates as well as breaking news alerts, just shoot us a note. Huskystadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter. We'll go ahead and get those out to you. Why do you look at me? <laughs> Every time you, you because you look like you're going to no. say something or no, yes. I was, I was literally just looking at the stadium. I was just literally looking out. To this. We have a great little vista here. Husky Stadium, stadium at gmail.com, yeah. subject line newsletter, and uh, we'll get you hooked up. For all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Reynolds, along with Jack McCauley, Scott Eklund, and the big guy, Chris Fetters. Go dogs.